Hey everybody, welcome to the Bear Hunting Podcast. I have a big announcement for everyone. The Bear Hunting Podcast is officially partnered with Bear Hunting Magazine. And to honor this, Bear Hunting Magazine wants to offer you a sweet deal. So if you go online and you renew or get a brand new subscription to Bear Hunting Magazine and you use the code BHP, BHP for Bear Hunting Podcast, you'll get $5 off a subscription. So check out Bear Hunting Magazine. They've got all kinds of great content in their magazine, uh, beautiful pictures, great articles in every flavor of bear hunting you can think of, from spot and stalk to baiting to hounds, gear tips, recipes, outfitters, uh, just tons of great content. So check them out. Hey everybody, welcome to the Bear Hunting Podcast. Thanks for tuning in tonight. Today I've got Clay Newcomb, who is the editor and publisher of Bear Hunting Magazine and uh, pretty much bear hunting extraordinaire. So without further ado, how you doing, Clay? Hey, Matt. I'm doing good. I'm doing good. How are you? Oh, I'm doing pretty good. So thanks for coming on tonight. Really appreciate it. So You bet. <clears throat> so, My uh, pleasure. Yeah, and thanks for partnering with the podcast. It's uh think it's a good thing so but um, yeah cool so clay uh you're from arkansas um i think most of our listeners probably wouldn't suspect that it's a place you can even hunt bears you know before bear horizon started sort of um right you know promoting that a little bit but uh so how did you get into bear hunting yeah yeah matt i'm i'm uh i'm from arkansas i'm a seventh generation arkansan and a lot. It is. It's funny to me that people don't equate Arkansas with bear hunting, but that's certainly not because we don't have bears or don't have a rich history with bears. You know, Arkansas used to be known as the bear state before when Arkansas was a territory, and before we really had a state tagline. Arkansas was known as the bear state, and uh, you know, at one time. Biologists estimated that we had about 50,000 bears in Arkansas. Arkansas is roughly 50,000 square miles, <laughs> and uh, you know they figured a bear per square mile. and And there was there was actually a lot of a lot of stories that came out of Arkansas in the 1800s about bears mm-hmm. that became nationally publicized. Um, there was a story that came out in a big New York newspaper called the Big Bears of Arkansas. And it was kind of a Western humor type article. And long story short, bears, Arkansas bears, kind of became that kind of iconic of of the West, which we don't think of Arkansas as the West today. But um, back when back in eighteen hundreds, it was, you know. Yeah, well, it was and, basically uh, the frontier. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And so we really do have a rich history with bears and. And then, so the, the, the coolest thing, though, to me, from even a conservation perspective about the Arkansas bear story, is that by 1940, bears were basically extirpated from Arkansas, except for a remnant population in the lower White River drainage in southeast Arkansas that they estimated had less than 50 bears. And so if you understand the geography of Arkansas at all, the lower White River drainage, they, some people call it the Amazon of, of North America. It's a, it's a really awesome place. 
but it's totally separate from the mountainous regions of Arkansas, which that's where I live and grew up mm-hmm. in western Arkansas, and now I live in northwest Arkansas, which there's two mountain groups in Arkansas, the Ozark and Washita Mountains. And um, so that is where our bears primarily are today, is in the mountainous regions of Arkansas, where we have these big blocks of public land. We've got a couple million acres of of national forest in Arkansas that makes up some tremendous bear habitat. And so that's kind of the sanctuary for our bears. You can hunt bears in national forest, but you cannot bait bears. So in some ways they're really underutilized as a, I mean, not a lot of people pursue bears in national forest in Arkansas. Right. But, uh, <clears throat> but anyway, that you, you, the original question was, how did I start bear hunting in Arkansas? Mm-hmm. And it's it, it's it's a it may be even a longer story, but so bear. Well, I started to talk about bears in Arkansas, extirpated by 1940, and then between 1954 and 1964, the Arkansas Game and Fish Commission, without the input, without any public input, and almost like in a covert operation traded bass and wild turkey with minnesota and a couple of canadian provinces and over a 10-year period they transported 254 bears back into arkansas and they released them in three strategic locations where they felt like the bear habitat would be good enough to to hold bears and and they, as the story goes, Matt, they they put out uh, cattle feeders and filled them with dog food, and basically turned these bears out just like out of trucks with wire cages, and just uh, pickup trucks, literally pickup trucks. Imagine, imagine in the 1960s driving down the road and passing a pickup truck full of black bears, and I mean, there, there's stories, there's guys. I had a subscriber to Bear Hunting Magazine from up up uh, near, I believe it's Eli, Minnesota, mm-hmm. if I'm saying that right. Yeah, and I think it's he's Ely, a, yeah. Ely, Ely, yeah, yeah, yeah. I got that wrong, and, too. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he, This was just like two weeks ago, uh-huh. and he just randomly he called to renew, and, and, and he started talking, and he, I don't even think he knew we were in Arkansas, and he, he, well, no, that is why he brought it up. He he heard we were from Arkansas, mm-hmm. and he said, "Yeah, I saw those Arkansas boys when they came and got those bears." And he <laughs> told me stories of like I don't know if he bumped into them at a gas station or, but it was multiple multiple trips over a ten year span mm-hmm. up there to get bears, bring them back to Arkansas, and release them. And so <laughs> the project was kind of you know not many people knew about it. Uh-huh. They were being released into these really rural areas of Arkansas, and uh, nobody knew if the project was successful. And I actually thought maybe it wasn't. Uh-huh. So these bears just disappeared into this abyss of the of the you know the Ozark and Washtenaw National Forest. Yeah. And then about 15 years later, somehow they did an assessment. And, you know, bears were starting to pop up in different places, and people were still seeing bears. Mm-hmm. And then by 1980, 
they instituted the first official black bear season in Arkansas. And uh, and it was a limited season. It had a quota, and it was in December. So it really limited the harvest mm-hmm. so that older, you know, mature males that were or males that were still out of the dens would be the ones targeted, and they killed three or four bears in 1980. Yeah. Well... By 1990, that was the first time they ever did a study, an actual scientific study on Arkansas black bears, and I've talked to one of the guys that was a part of the study, and basically they determined that we had 2,500 bears in Arkansas by 1990. And um, so it went from 254 to 2,500, you know, in a in a relatively short period of time, yeah. you know, 30 years, basically. Yeah. And um, and then I'm getting around to this. So, but the season was really limited. There was no baiting. You couldn't run hounds. Mm-hmm. Um, it was just basically left up to just guys wandering through the heavily forested national forest bear hunting. Yeah. And by 2001... The bear population had expanded to the point that they were getting a lot of nuisance complaints. The bear range had really infiltrated all the mountainous regions. The bear habitat that we had, I mean, basically most of it had bears. And so the Game and Fish was like, hey, we got to find a better tool to manage these bears. Mm-hmm. And so they decided to allow baiting on private land, which was really pretty ingenious of them because it, it gave landowners and the people that were actually having problems with bears, mm-hmm. it gave them the ability to hunt the bears. You know, yeah. So, I mean, people that lived in bear country that were dealing with bears all year round all of a sudden could bait bears mm-hmm. on their land, and, uh, and the season was geared towards archery hunters. And so in 2001... They they allowed baiting for bears on mm-hmm. private land in two pretty big zones in Arkansas. Uh-huh. Well, I was at that time I was I think I was 21 years old mm-hmm. in 2001 or 20 2021, 20, okay. and uh, we lived in Mena, Arkansas, mm-hmm. which was like it's good bear country. There's there's probably regions of Arkansas that are as good as that region of our, uh, the Polk County region, but but it's, a, it, it's good, good bear yeah. country. Yep. And my dad, I remember talking to my dad, he came home and said, hey, you can you can bait bears this year. And, I mean, we'd never even thought of it. I mean, a few people killed bears yeah. in Arkansas, but it was like, it was just like the odd guy that had a bear walk by his deer stand. I mean, literally the harvest was like maybe 40 animals per year in yeah. the state, you know. Yeah. And and so I was always really intrigued by bears because they were this mythical creature that lived in the places that we hunted. <laughs> but we never really had access to hunt them. Yeah. You know, we never uh we we it just was just a far off thought to ever kill a bear. Yeah. Well, Matt, stop me if I'm. I've just been talking here. If you no, no, you're good. No, you're good. I'm. I'm intrigued. Well, so by the time I was 21, I was, I was a bow hunter. I mean, my dad, my dad wouldn't let us shoot deer rifles. We did not own a deer rifle, 
and my dad was bow hunting before bow hunting was cool back in the 70s and Mm -hmm. killing deer and so i mean we just grew up bow hunting Mm -hmm. i mean and so i'd killed quite a few deer by that time and uh so long story short hey we're gonna bait a bear and and uh and bow hunt it Uh and uh we found some good property that private land we got access to hunt and basically we started feeding bears and and we were just feeding like dog food and Mm -hmm. some donuts and stuff here and there we had no trail cameras uh we just we just knew that every time we went to the barrel it was empty and there was bear (laughs) scat around it okay (laughs) and and, uh once my dad went in to bait the bear at night Mm-hmm. Uh, just ran, you know, he couldn't get there during the day. Went in there at night, and he saw the bear, you know, <laughs> at night. And I mean, it was like, wow, we, you know, he got to interact with this bear. Uh-huh. I mean, it was just a, it was just a novel thing. Yeah. And and uh, so opening day came. So this was October first, two thousand one. This was the very first day it had ever been legal in Arkansas to hunt over bait. Mm-hmm. And my dad and my dad was going to film for me, which was a ridiculous concept. Uh-huh. Uh, my dad, my my dad is not a very good videographer. Okay. And, uh, <laughs> and uh, so, but dad was going to film, and I don't even uh, that that we to think we even thought that way in two thousand one blows my mind because we weren't. I wasn't in the outdoor industry or anything. Yeah. But, so he was going to he was going to film for me. Long okay. story short. We drove the truck into the bait site before daylight. Okay. And because we've been driving right up to the bait, so we thought, well, we'll just do the same thing. We drove into the bait site. I dumped him off. We, we baited the barrel before daylight. I drove the truck out, parked it, you know, yeah. three, 400 yards away, walked back into the bait. By this time, it's starting to break daylight. I climb up the tree stand. My dad is is trying to climb the tree with a climber so he's like click 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 clack clack click 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 clack you know he's like climbing up the tree you know and we're thinking we're going to sit here all day uh-huh. i don't know why we thought that but we just thought we're going to be here all day yeah and maybe we're going to see a bear well dad's wearing a white t-shirt he's back he's he's he was big into not wearing hunting clothes until you're like in the stand hunting, so he's wearing a white T-shirt and he's gonna put on his camo when he gets up there. And uh, I no more than set foot in a tree stand, pull up my bow, and I'm putting on my wrist strap on my for for my release. Uh-huh. And I look off down the mountain and I see a bear. Just didn't even look like it was walking. It just looked like it was gliding, like a ghost, just coming up the mountain. And I mean, I just my mouth dropped. It was trying to think it was the first bear it was not the first bear i'd ever seen i'd seen a few cross the road mm-hmm. but certainly the first bear that i'd ever seen in a hunting situation yeah and uh i was just like holy smokes there's the bear here he comes <laughs> and my dad is standing there like 10 he's 10 feet off the ground now he's not even halfway up where he's trying to go and he's got his white shirt on he's just glowing out there and the bear walks up to about 10 feet of him and stops and just looks straight up at my dad. <laughs> and uh, and uh, and then the bear proceeds to come to the bait. 
and it, it was it didn't need it just kind of was going to make a loop and uh-huh. and man i drew down i was shooting a matthews back then uh-huh. still shoot a matthews when uh-huh. i'm not hunting traditional yeah and uh just tin ring the bear <laughs> and uh the bear runs off down the mountain and uh and 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 I, I, I don't I hesitate to say this, the bear death moaned. Uh-huh. We didn't even know that bears did that. There's a few animals in the world, very few, that mm-hmm. that death moan. Bear does. Yeah. And I mean, so this bear death moans and my dad and I just like turn ghost white, look at each other and we're just like, Holy cow, what did we just do? Uh-huh. And and it was an amazing experience. Yeah. And long story short, we get out of the tree go find the bear and I stand over this beautiful black bear and I was a I was a woodsman enough and a sportsman enough at that time to to really appreciate wildlife and appreciate a bow uh, an animal harvested with a bow and man I was just in awe mm-hmm. of this creature really was impacted me deeply and as I stood there I realized how little that I knew about that beast that I had just taken with a bow and arrow. Yeah. And I in in I had kind of become a, a student of the whitetail up until that point and for, for what I knew. Mm-hmm. I mean I really studied whitetails and, and that was a big part of the hunt for me was understanding them. Mm-hmm. And I just killed this bear and I felt like I knew nothing about it. And uh, as I processed the hunt after that I, I was like, man, I gotta, I gotta learn about these bears. I gotta, I gotta learn more about these bears. And nobody around us knew anything about them. I mean, nobody. It just wasn't inside of the fabric of the hunting culture of mm-hmm. Arkansas at yeah. that time because we hadn't been able to hunt them right. really. And um, and so, long story short, that set me on a journey. To learn all that I could about the Arkansas black bear. Mm-hmm. So I wasn't living in Mena at that time. I was in college at the University of Arkansas mm-hmm. in Fayetteville, Arkansas. And when I went back to college, man, I started, I spent more time in the library reading the thesis and doctoral papers of every study that had ever been done on Arkansas black bear. I mean, I just, I read book after book, and there wasn't really that many. There, yeah. there was there were several studies that had been done, but really not that many. But I studied them, and I mean, for no reason. I mean, I, I was just, I was, my degree was in environmental soil and water science. had nothing really to do with my degree. Yeah. But, man, I memorized the stats, and I memorized, I, I, I knew all this stuff. And uh, I just learned and learned and learned. I remember my dad the next year, I said, man, I want to kill another bear. Uh-huh. And he uh, he was like, why do you want to kill another bear? He said, you know, he, he couldn't understand. And I was like, Dad, since I killed that bear, not a single day has passed that I hadn't thought about that hunt and haven't tried to learn something about black bears. Uh-huh. And so that 2001 hunt really set me on a, a path to, to, to really – you know, understand bears, and, and, and the, on a side note, and I've claimed this publicly, and I have yet to be disputed, um, 
I claim that that was the first bear killed in Arkansas legally over bait. I was just going to say that. I was just going to say that. Were you the first person in Arkansas (laughs) to shoot a bear over bait? (laughs) Hey, man, I'm claiming it until somebody disputes it, and then when they do, I'm going to tell them they were shooting before legal shooting light because, buddy, I was right on the edge. I was right on the edge of legal shooting light. I mean, it was just getting good in daylight. I mean, Dad wasn't even dressed. (laughs) Dad wasn't even dressed. That's right. (laughs) No, I've I've done a couple of... Uh, you know, in different places, I've I've said that, and you know, I say it funny. I mean, it, it jokingly, it, it doesn't really make any difference. But yeah. say, man, that was the first one killed over bait legally. But the pioneer. Uh, yeah. Oh, yep. that's awesome. <laughs> now, Matt, you may not know this. Uh, that that story typically leads up to this other statement, which. It's a whole other story, but I know I just listened to some of the podcasts you did with Joe Condellis of mm-hmm. Yellowstone Country Bear Hunters Association. So that that uh, sequence there led to me starting the Arkansas Black Bear Association, okay. which is a 501c3 mm-hmm. nonprofit hunting conservation organization for Arkansas black bear. That's awesome. And we've been intact since 2010. Nice. And that's actually what led me into Bear Hunting Magazine was leading that organization. Okay. So anyway, that's but that's a that's another story there. But <laughs> so that was my first awesome. bear, and that's kind of how I got introduced to bear. Uh-huh. And uh, it's kind of just been a, a uphill climb or a uphill trajectory since then. Yep. <clears throat> I mean that. <laughs> Uh, your first bear is just something else. I mean, if there's a listener out there listening right now that's that hasn't shot a bear, just just get. I mean, you're uh, shooting your first bear is a life changing experience. Um, I mean, it, my my first bear was very similar. I worked really hard my first season and you know didn't have any clue what I was doing. I was basically dumping dog food in the middle of the woods, you know, yeah. and. Um, and I didn't get anything the first year, and it I didn't take to the failure very well. And the next year, I tried really hard, and I got lucky and got my first bear. And I mean, it hit me very deeply, and it was such an experience that you know, and it's just led me down. I mean, now I'm yeah. running a bear hunting podcast. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, man. You know, so, the experience is so different from deer hunting. And, and yeah. don't get me wrong, my love for bear hunting, and I know probably yours too. It mm-hmm. doesn't extinguish my appreciation and value and love of hunting other species i mean oh, yeah my my first love was whitetails and, and yeah. almost everyone's was i mean yeah. especially if you're in the eastern side of the rockies you know yeah exactly um, and and i think some guys are afraid to say they're bear hunters almost like they're you know like like you have to like, choose for some reason. Being unfaithful to their wife or something, yeah. you know, because they're so wed to whitetails. Yeah. And, uh, and and even when I started bear hunting and getting more into it, uh, you know, I, I could sense that from some guys that were like, Clay, we thought you were a deer hunter. <laughs> you know, we thought you were a whitetail guy. And I was like, man, you can do both. It's okay. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and, and I find they don't conflict with each other at all. Yeah. I mean, I still whitetail hunt really just as serious as i always have and mm-hmm. and 
And I mean, I love I love whitetail hunting. Oh know? yeah, no doubt. I mean, and turkey I, hunting as well. Yep. I mean, you know, my I mean, I, every November I'm out trying to get a you know big body big woods buck. You know, every November that's what yep. I'm doing. <laughs> you know, and I am all about it. I mean, I run a deer camp at the house. I mean, I'm a hardcore whitetail guy too, but. You know, yeah. <laughs> you don't have to choose, but I mean, yeah, if I yeah. had to, I'd choose bear, but that doesn't mean that, you know, there isn't room for other pursuits too. So, yeah. Yeah. You know, it's just a different experience. It, you know? Yeah, so, exactly. But. Well, it's, it's a different experience. You know, the, the whitetail experience, it, you know, whitetails are so widely uh, distributed. They're everywhere. They taste great. They're challenging. Yep. I mean, there's all these wonderful things about whitetails, and 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 but it's almost like some of us are almost overloaded. I feel I, I feel like that was me in some ways. It was just almost like the 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 outdoor media world is so whitetail centric. Yes. It's almost like, come on, guys, somebody do something other than show me show somebody driving a tractor, planting a food plot, hanging a stand in a wood lot, and yep. shooting a buck. I love that, man. I'm not taking an ounce away from somebody that does that, yep. but out, that is why a lot of outdoor media is anymore is just a, you know, another way to look at that. And yeah. uh, to me, bear hunting was like a, like a breath of, a breath of fresh air in a sense because it was kind of just like new territory, and uh, and not many people had really explored it to the depth. Certainly. Mm-hmm. Very few had explored it to the depth that the vast majority of hunters understand about whitetails. Oh, like, no doubt. You know, the, the, the average hunter knows a gob about whitetails. Yep. And that, that's a good thing. That's a win for, yeah. for hunting. Yep. Very few guys really know bears like they know whitetails. Mm-hmm. I mean, very few. Oh, and uh, yeah. so it's kind of like this unmined field of, 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 exploration and expertise and um and and bears are just different man i mean it just evokes a totally different predatory sense from within inside you when you're hunting a bear Mm -hmm. that's different from hunting a prey animal hunting a carnivore is different hunting an apex predator is just different than hunting an ungulate and it's it's almost it's almost hard to describe but yeah you know it's a Oh, it's a wow. really, really neat deal. 100%. Really neat deal. Yeah, it, I, I'm not even sure. I could, it's something that you have to experience to really understand. I think, but when you when you take a bear, um, it, it has such a different, deep feeling that's way different than a whitetail or an elk. You know, I, I've shot both of those, and um, it, it's very very and I, i'm not even i i'm not even going to try to explain it because it's just all i can say is it's something very very deep that sits with you and it's it changes you in a way and it, it's hard to hard to explain so yep yeah and i mean i know there's a there's a lot of guys that you know they shoot one bear and that feeling for them it just they're like okay i'm done i can't do this anymore you know so yeah I mean that's that's definitely it it it's interesting for sure. So yeah, different. You know, some people are you know they kill one bear and that's all they need, and that's yeah, yeah that's great. You know, I mean every, yeah. everybody's going to be a little bit different. Some of us are going to really take to the challenge of bear hunting and yeah. and. 
study it and become students of it and yeah. really enjoy it. Um, and some guys are, you know, are just, mm-hmm. they kill one bear and have a nice rug and have a, yep. have a story to tell, have an experience, have some bear meat yep. and, um, participate in the conservation and management of a bear in a certain region. That's all they need. Yep. So, you know, and that's no fault to those guys. It just leaves more bears for, for more bears for us and more bears, <laughs> more bears to continue to. To expand bear populations. Yep, exactly, (laughs) exactly. So that is for sure. Now, um, you know, I'll do a little uh, background here. So believe it or not, Clay and I have talked in the past, and um, something you brought up, Clay, was that because you sort of, you know, bear hunting wasn't ingrained in the hunting culture of Arkansas, you grew up, or not, you sort of, grew into bear hunting without any of the um, um, biases that um, sort of underlie a lot of popular bear hunting culture. Um, right. You know, could you explain what you meant by that? Like, uh, like you, you said you had a strong theory or a strong opinion on baiting. Um, yeah. Yeah, if you could explain what you meant by that. Well, so... You know, when we started baiting bears in Arkansas in 2001, you know, 16 years ago, I guess, we we did not have a a, a strong bear hunting culture that told us what was right and wrong. Mm-hmm. You know, when my dad first started bow hunting whitetails in Arkansas in the ni- early 1970s, there was nobody hunting hunting whitetails with bows. So he was talking to, and, and he he didn't grow up deer hunting. He came from a hunting family, but they weren't deer hunters, and so he he started talking to just rifle hunters, guys that had killed deer with rifles in Arkansas, and and I mean they they gave him a bunch of information that was very general, specific to rifle hunting, and in many ways unapplicable to bow hunting, and so you know the the deer hunting culture gave him some hegemons that he had to overcome and learn something different. So when we started bear hunting, it was like this little island of of huntable bears that there weren't there was not a huntable bear population within hundreds of miles of this little pocket in Arkansas where we could hunt bears. So we had very little outside influence, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, especially during that time, I mean, the, the internet was around in 2001, but it certainly isn't as strong as it is today. Yeah. And yeah. so we just started doing whatever we could do to get bears to come to our baits during the day, daytime. Mm-hmm. You know, um, we didn't. We just didn't. We just didn't know anything. And uh, but from that experience of just learning what works without an outside influence, I mean, I feel like we've come to some strong conclusions and and i guess the two main things that that uh well one thing that does still permeate some bear hunting spheres is that is that you can create competition at a bait site Mm -hmm. by putting out less food Mm -hmm. and i continue to be amazed of uh, when people when people say that and believe that and do that and I sure don't want to step on anybody's toes, but I mean, this is we're talking about baiting bears. People yeah. shouldn't get their feelings hurt from it. But uh, <laughs> that I, I believe it's totally ridiculous to think that way. Mm-hmm. Um, in 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 my opinion and my experience and 
is, man, we feed the bears as absolutely as much as they'll eat. Feed them as much as they'll eat. And a lot of outfitters, uh, there's still a lot of outfitters that, that do that. They feed less. Like closer to, that the season comes, they actually feed less, and mm-hmm. and I think people assign bears and animals in general sometimes more logical mental ascent than they're really capable of, mm-hmm. and so the idea if you feed less is that a bear comes to the ba- an empty bait barrel after dark, and he has the ability to reason and say, ah, there was bait here an hour ago. So if tomorrow, when I come back to this bait, from an hour and a half prior to here, let me look at my watch. Okay, it's 8 o'clock. If I show up here tomorrow about 6.30, I'll beat the other bears here, and I'll get a full belly. Man, that is beyond the realm of possibility in the animal kingdom. (laughs) For an animal to have that much strength of reason. No, why is that? Why can't they do that? Well... so, I I read a book. I, I, actually, a, a somebody, um, a good bear hunter, told me to read a book. This was many years ago, and uh, this information would be available other places. But this was just a book that he told me. It may not seem to have relevance, but he said, "Clay, read this book. It's called Evidence Based Horsemanship." <laughs> Evidence-based horsemanship. And I was interested in horses and mules at the time, and so. Mm-hmm. I read it, and and basically it was this uh, it was this neurologist, a doctor, that was a that was a horse trainer, mm-hmm. and he looked into the equine industry and saw how much that people gave credit to horses. Like they they made statements like this horse likes me, or this horse doesn't like me, or this mm-hmm. horse likes it when I do this and doesn't like it when I do that, or the horse had his feelings hurt, or the horse did, and and basically. The, the the whole sum of the book was that um, the frontal lobe of humans is highly developed, mm-hmm. the most highly developed of any anything on the planet, any any living animal yeah. on the planet, and uh, and from that place, the frontal lobe is where we reason, have emotions, can develop lasting relationships, have all the stuff that makes us human comes from the frontal lobe, and basically animals have a very underdeveloped frontal lobe. That's a really nerdy, bare answer <laughs> for what you just asked. <laughs> that's, that's like bare nerd talk right there. But bears don't have a developed frontal lobe, and they cannot reason. When they come to an empty bear bait after dark, they go, my goodness, I'm going to go somewhere else to fill this belly. Yeah. They're not going to think. in in the uh, you know, and people kill bears using small amounts of bait. So that's yeah. that's the part of the equation that people do something and they mm-hmm. get a, they kill a bear, and then automatically they assume that they assume things about the bear that necessarily yeah. aren't true. Yeah. But that being said, you could kill bear with small amounts of bait. But what a big fat bear wants mm-hmm. to find when he comes to a bait barrel is plenty of food. Yeah. And when he does, he'll come back. Yeah. And. Uh, and when he comes back, that's the only chance you've got to kill him when you're hunting over bait. Exactly. And um, we like to switch up the baits. I mean, baiting bears isn't rocket science in my book. Everybody here in Arkansas is always wanting to know, like, what what baits are you using, Clay? Like, tell me the secret. <laughs> and, man, I mean, 
I tell them anything that will make a human fat you could use in a bear bait and do well with. Yeah. We use a lot of breads, grease, donuts. I get all my bait from 90% of my bait from Big Woods Bear Baits mm-hmm. up in Wisconsin, Floyd yep. Gasser. Yep. Uh, we get a semi-truck shipped down here, so we get cookies and ice cream cones and candies and jellies and frostings mm-hmm. and and. Uh, and Twizzler-like licorice stuff. Mm-hmm. And, I mean, we we bay with a variety of stuff, sugary stuff, stuff high in carbohydrates. And then for fall baiting here in Arkansas, mm-hmm. I'll feed them as much as they eat. Um, and then the tendency for our bears is that as the season rolls closer, which our season opens the end of September, Bears will start to fade off the baits, and I mean, like clockwork, they your big bears will leave and start becoming nocturnal. Mm-hmm. They'll come less and less to the baits, and it's because of falling acorns. Because um, mm-hmm. you you boys up north say acorns, acorns, yeah, uh, acorns, yeah, <laughs> acorns, man. That's the way we say it down here. Uh, falling. Acorns, and they don't even have to fall. Bears climb the trees for them, yeah, yep. but they start to ripen. And a bear, a bear would rather eat an acorn <laughs> as he would anything that you can feed him. Yeah. And uh, so, so, but here's what I do: is I'll start introducing really high quality protein about five days before the season in the form of beef fat, pork fat. Mm-hmm. And just like butchered trimmings, like fresh stuff, not rotten stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, our bears won't eat rotten stuff up here in the fall. They'll yeah. just let it rot. Yeah, uh, same with our bears. But what we've found, and I've written some articles about it called the bait switch, mm-hmm. you know, is you feed them all this stuff and they kind of start to, it, it, there's a, you know, who knows what really happens, but yeah. maybe just like you or I going to a buffet line every day and, you know, getting the same food over and over and over and over and over. Yeah. Maybe that's kind of what happens to them. They get sugar and carbohydrates over and over and over and over. And all of a sudden, right when they want to start leaving, we start putting out um, this totally different kind of bait while continuing to put out the the stuff we always have. So it's not like we stop one and start the other. We just add to the bait and put out beef, pork, all these scraps like that and man those big bears it doesn't work all the time some of them are just going to leave yeah. but about half of them man they'll get to where they come in just to eat pork fat beef scraps sardines mm-hmm. sardines is probably my favorite bear bait in the world i have i have seen bears all the way through november come into a bear bait and that is full of everything you could dream of uh-huh. and eat a can of sardines. I've never seen a bear walk past a can of sardines. That's but, interesting. So bait switch, you know, yeah. and uh, that's that's pretty that's pretty uh, an important part of our our baiting routine here in Arkansas. And I don't know if bears other places are as I, I know spring bears typically are not. Spring bears are just hungry and they're yeah. a little bit easier to bait, but fall our fall bear hunting, mm-hmm. the season is set up in such a way that we, I mean, all of our big bears are usually gone yeah. by the opening of the season. If I've told people before, and I, I stand by it, 
if if we could hunt bears on September the 10th in Arkansas, <laughs> I really think I could kill a Boone and Crockett bear, you know, about yeah. every year unless I just messed it up. I mean, <laughs> we have some big bears, and boy, they act like they act like two-year-old bears yeah. in early September. I mean, yeah. they'll just be in the baits day and night. They'll be camping on your bait. They'll be there, mm-hmm. and then closer, deeper you get into the fall, I don't know if it's, I've got a good buddy that's um, a biologist, and he thinks it's photo period, too, that causes these bears to just kind of flip a switch, kind of like a whitetail, and just turn more nocturnal. Mm -hmm. Um, But but anyway, that's that's kind of our bait story. Gotcha. Now, um, have you guys ever ever tried to use, like, a nut-based diet or a nut-based bait? before like right about the time they start dropping back into the the acorns acorns oh man you can't even say it right man <laughs> no i know no right you're way too far up there to even try it you know i know i got a little bit of a uper accent everything it's a mess <laughs> it's a max you know what that's a great question and i've had a lot of people like like be like oh man i've got the secret clay we've oh. gathered up you know 50 gallons of white oak acorns and we're going to put it out in our bear bait <laughs> uh-huh. and i have never seen that be successful uh, two years ago when i was baiting in oklahoma i also hunt in oklahoma yeah i put out a bunch of almonds mm-hmm. for that reason i thought you know they'll you know maybe they'll eat a salted almond yeah you know more than they'd eat an acorn and man those almonds rotted on the ground really uh, yeah that's, that's really the only personal experience that I've had. Uh-huh. But in my opinion, there's nothing that will draw them away from the acorns. And I mm-hmm. think I think this is it. I think this is what happens. So a bear a bear is bedding off, you know, four or five hundred yards or three hundred yards away from your bait barrel. Mm-hmm. Yep. But when the acorns start to fall, good in the in these you know climax oak forests. Mm-hmm. Man, you can't take a step without stepping over a yeah. white oak acorn, bright green, as big as the end of your thumb. Yeah. You know? Yeah. And a bear doesn't have the reasoning capability to walk past that acorn to go, hey, I'm going to go get a donut. Yeah. I mean, you know, like, they're just like, yeah. my belly needs food. There is my the food that I've eaten and my people have eaten for the last 10,000 years. Mm-hmm. He's going to eat that acorn. Yeah. Well, by the time it gets to your bait, he's eating 35 acorns on the way to your bait. Yeah. By the time he gets there, he's not quite as hungry as he was the day before when he only ate 20 acorns on the way to the bait. Yeah. And the more the acorns start to fall, the more he just kind of fades into the wilderness because he doesn't care. He doesn't have a favorite restaurant. No. He doesn't have the place in his brain. He has a place in his brain that says, give me calories. Yep. that fill up my belly yep. so that I, and I want to stay forever. safe. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, I want to I feed in a safe place. I need mm-hmm. water, and I need good, rich calories to fill up my belly. And yeah. I don't think he, they, they, and that's why it doesn't make sense for us. We, we, we place human attributes on a bear when we think, how could he eat a tart, tannin-filled <laughs> white oak acorn? Yeah. Over a jelly glazed donut, man. Yeah. He doesn't even. We don't even know how he perceives the taste of that. 
Yeah. You know? Yep. I mean, really, because if, they, if they'd if they rather eat a, a, a white oak acre and it's a jelly-filled donut, mm-hmm. then they are perceiving something a lot different than us. And I think that's what a lot of people don't maybe misunderstand, or people misunderstand bears. And, and even in the industry, like, basically a lot of the bear hunting industry is marketing to humans. Yeah. In a sense. <laughs> yeah. You know? Exactly. Yeah. Oh, definitely. But, uh, definitely. But, Yep. Yeah, I know. Like, so up here we have we have acorns, and two. Um, they're they're the red oak type typically. But um, now what I found up here is that basically, if, if you're putting out anything, um, whatever you've been using for for a bait, you know, except for like a trail mix, or or, or nut based bait, you know, that's the only thing that seems yeah. to hold them in later fall but i think part of what's different of i mean just i mean this is a total guess here but we don't have as many like there isn't like huge oak forests here there's little groves of them but okay they're a little more scattered and so you're very few places are you walking to where you know you can't walk without stepping on acorns and so i think what helps here is that if you put this is just my experience too is that um if you put a nut based bait out and there's a lot of it it's worth it for the bears to eventually make their way there because it's what they're naturally eating anyway and it's but it's in a convenient little pile for them so they can engorge themselves with a lot of calories because it's because it's a little more sparsely um oaked here is that a word oaked yeah oaked (laughs) <laughs> hey, that works for me, oak. Yep. So. Michigan's not as well oaked as Arkansas. Yeah, yep. I can buy that. Yeah, I would. Yeah, I think that makes sense. <laughs> and so, yeah, but no, that know. makes sense. You know, and I, and I, you know, everybody kind of has what works for them. You know, yeah. and so man, I, I wouldn't dispute anybody that said trail mix and a nut mix works great in the fall yeah um it's just i I certainly wouldn't dispute anybody that said that but it's been my experience here yeah that it doesn't it's it's not any more effective than oh yeah anything else you know but bears are different everywhere you know oh yeah i mean your experience baiting the up Mm -hmm. it could be quite different than than our experience baiting here i mean in general the you know, in general, bears are similar, but the, the environments are so different, and food mm-hmm. sources are are yeah. different, and temperature regimes are different that cause bears to do different stuff. And oh yeah, so, yeah. yeah. For here's yep. an example. So uh, uh, a few months ago, I did an interview with the outfitter up in Manitoba, and he does fall hunts as well as spring hunts, and he said, which blew my mind, that his he would skip the early fall august september season altogether they can start hunting in august i think up there okay he would skip that that whole time and wait till basically the last week of september first week of october and then start to, to put hunters on baits and all he used was oats mm. and okay. that was his preferred time that's when the bears were the hungriest and i'm like that is the exact opposite of what I would recommend. Yeah. <laughs> you know, yeah. and we're not really that, I mean, as the crow flies, it's not really that far, you know. Yeah. So it's not, you know, it's, it's pretty similar climates, I would think. But, yeah, it was, I was just like, what? <laughs> so, yeah, uh, yeah I think 
th there's number one rule about bear hunting. There are no rules. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Exactly. Just when you think uh, you know what? Right, when I broken. first started spring bear hunting and, and going on some outfitted hunts in the last, you know, five years, six years, um, yeah, I was really surprised that, that you know, baiting bears in Canada is dramatically different than what we do down here. Yeah. I mean, a lot of bear hunting outfitters are using oats and grease, like, yeah. exclusively almost. And mm -hmm. it, you could, there's certain times of the year here in Arkansas that bears would eat that. Yeah. But, man, in the late fall, um, <laughs> yeah. you, I, I don't think you could, I don't think you could, you, you wouldn't very often kill a bear over just oats and grease. Um, you wouldn't hold them that long, you know. Yep, same here in um, UP. There's no way. I mean, they'll eat, they'll definitely eat oats, especially you know between berries and acorns. But um, yeah, not. Uh, it definitely won't hold them late September into October. That's for sure. Yeah. So. Yeah. But it works in Canada. So. <laughs> works in Canada. You know, I think I think the further north you go, the more stressed basically all wildlife is in a sense yeah. i mean it's just like life is just harsher yeah and so they're more apt to take advantage of free calories you know and the further you get south the longer you know the longer the 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 growing seasons are the more variety of food there is mm -hmm. and the bears are a little bit lazier maybe that's that's a i'm i'm a, there i am applying human attributes to bear. <laughs> bear can't even be lazy i know bear just makes a just living don't want to be lazy but i know but you know they so so it's hard it's, it's, it's hard not to humanize an, an animal into some extent <laughs> it is really yeah. hard if you think about it <laughs> yeah yeah yep well that's yep. funny but yeah that's uh, you know just going back to kind of what you were saying on the um you know like limiting bait or whatever i mean it's it's yeah i i hear that all the time too it's i don't know <laughs> I, there's guys yeah. that swear by that um I, I got some friends that will tell me up and down you're taking too much bait out there what are you doing only yeah. five gallons you should you know no yeah. more than five gallons and it's like yeah uh, but well, and it, it all depends on what a guy's got access to. I mean, yeah, that's heck, if you've thing. only got 200 pounds of bait to last the whole season, and, yeah. you know, I mean, yeah, don't put it all out at once, you know. I right, mean, exactly. th there's so many different objectives, you know. Yeah. I mean, in my baiting in Arkansas and Oklahoma, I've tried to take out all the limitations. Mm -hmm. Like, when I first started baiting bears, quantity of bait was a limiting factor. Like, yeah. I just couldn't get that much bait or didn't have enough time to go gather it all up or money to buy it. And uh, and so you know, I had to ration it out a little bit, and mm -hmm. we killed bears doing that. You know, right? Exactly. So it's, it's not, uh, you know, I, I at some level a guy's got to just evaluate what what his goals are. Yeah, uh, exactly. But in general, the the most successful bear hunters in Arkansas feed them all they can eat. Yeah. And I I talked to a just yesterday I talked to a. a, a a really good, uh, a good friend of mine named Bernie Berenger. He'd mm -hmm. be a great guy to have on a podcast. By the yeah. way, Bernie Wood. He's a. I've, he's I've thought of him. Fair books and stuff. Yep. I, he he <laughs> he hunts uh, with an outfitter up in uh, Manitoba. It's been real successful. Mm -hmm. And uh, this outfitter told Bernie. He said, he said, the number. He said, if I were selling my outfitting business and could tell the new outfitter one thing. Mm -hmm. In essence, this is what he said. I'm kind of paraphrasing. Yeah. He said, I would tell that guy, sp sp 
spend as much money as you need to buy as much bait as you need, and and that's where you should invest your money. He said, if you if you uh, if you've got plenty of bait, he said you'll always have plenty of bears. Mm-hmm. And your hunters, when they come, they'll see tons of bears. They'll kill big bears. And uh, basically, the guy he he was pointing out something that he had observed, and that's that outfitters skimp on bait. Yeah. And because it's the one thing that they can scrape, you know, that they can kind of go limit limit on to to save some money from the bottom line. Mm-hmm. And um, and uh, geez, I'm, I'm I might step on some outfitters' toes, but. <laughs> You know, that's right. I mean, it, it, it is true. I mean, it's yeah. just true. You yep. got to feed them, man. And uh, yep. uh, this guy feeds a couple of months. Well, not a couple of months, but he feeds more than he, more time than he should just to establish bait sites. Mm-hmm. Um, he feeds on bait sites every year that he has no intentions of hunting. Uh-huh. Like he, he'll he'll bait places that he doesn't even want to. He he knows he will not put a hunter there this year, yeah. but he does it just to establish the bait sites. And, right. And uh, so anyway, but but man, you know wherever guys got to start. Yep. It's great, and you can kill a bear, you know, putting mm-hmm. out five gallons of bait. But oh, boy, yeah. I'd rather I'd rather I would rather just yep give them all they can eat. Yep, exactly. <laughs> Matter of fact, I I last week I did an interview with a. Uh, with a guy, this episode will be coming out eventually here. But uh, you know, he he admits it was it was pretty much luck. But he he shot a 650 pound bear with his longbow at 10 yards, and all he was doing was putting out about five gallons of bait, and it was bread, blueberry jelly, and uh, a little bit of oats. And that yep. was it. <laughs> hey, you cool know, man. Just and he he admits it. It's luck, but so yeah, but well, and you know some <laughs> bears are just meant to be killed. Yeah, I mean, yeah, you know there there are some bears that just respond to bait and come during the daytime and yep. just you just can't hardly mess it up, you yeah, know. Exactly. But then there's but most bears, most bigger yeah, bears are most. tougher than that. Yep. And uh, so every year, I mean, it's just, it's the same story of the guy that kills a big white-tailed buck mm-hmm. by doing something <laughs> that's not the best practice, you know. Yeah, the guy exactly. says, man, I just went out and didn't even scout and just went and found a buck rub and yep. climbed up a tree and killed this 170-inch whitetail. Yeah. Man, that happens. Oh, yeah. And that guy, and more power to that guy. Yep, but, exactly. You know, but the principle of whitetail hunting would be, scout know the area invest years into understanding deer movements in that area you know hunt for strategically and then kill a buck you know yeah exactly <laughs> that's a, that's a exactly. more common story yep so it's, yeah but, and that's the thing is like um you know for the for the rest of us that aren't blessed with such good luck you know don't hang your hat on the exception hang your hat on the you know on yeah the, the normal yeah. so yeah but and hey, not everybody has. I mean, my my bear hunting is probably artificially propped up by my vocation. Mm-hmm. I mean, I realize that I, I, I mean, most guys the pinnacle of their year is not their bear baiting and hunting, yeah. and so you know you may not have that much bait. So I, I don't. I sure don't want to. Yeah. Uh, I don't want to take anything away from <laughs> from anybody, but best practice feed them. Yeah, that's exactly. my theory. Exactly. <laughs> yep. Exactly. You know, and if, yeah, I try to see him as, and you know, it doesn't. 
it depends it all depends on how many bears you have too you know if you if you're in an area with low bear density you know not even low but not True. super high if you're not in canada basically you know and um or, or you know a really remote part of the country where there's a lot of bears and you're feeding just a couple bears you know yeah five gallons a day actually might be all that you need <laughs> you know there yeah. might be bait yeah. left over every day probably not probably yeah. more like yeah. 10 but you know yeah. it's not you know it doesn't have to be dramatic amounts either so yeah but you know yeah. th- that brings up another thought about baiting that i what i do on my baits is i i, I really feel like routine is king mm-hmm. you know so when you're at a bait site and you're trying to get a big mature bear to come in there during the daytime he's got to feel safe there yeah i think where a lot of guys mess up is they bait they go into their baits um at prime feeding times mm-hmm. i mean I, I know you would uh, i mean a lot of a lot of working guys don't have an option they either got to go early in the morning before work or after work yep. to be able to bait a bait side. they don't have the opportunity to go midday yeah but best best case scenario bait your bears at the same time every day during non-peak feeding hours yep. you know i say between 10 and 3 10 and 2 even yes and be predictable. If you're predictable, your bears will be predictable. Yep. The less predictable that you are, the less predictable your bears are going to be. Yep, I mean, exactly. even down to the vehicle that you take into the bait. Now, mm-hmm. most of my baits in Arkansas, I can drive a truck right to them, mm-hmm. and I don't have a problem with that. Yeah. Um, I, I, but I do the same thing every time. Yeah. I come in at the same time. I make the same noises. Mm-hmm. I... I and, and, and I don't try to make a big – I try to make as little impact as I can. But, boy, I get in there and I get out of there. Yeah. And uh, Because if you think about it, if a bear is coming to your bait site, big mature bear, and he decides, man, this is pretty safe. You know, this guy's been coming in here every day at mm-hmm. noon. I mean, and, and, and so he comes in at 6 o'clock in the evening, and then that's the day that – you decide you need to go bait, and so you mm-hmm. roll in there and spook him off the bait. Man, yeah. you've you've shattered his security yep. in some sense, and yep. uh, he's much less predictable. Yep. Um, man, when I'm hunting a real, I mean, a bear that, uh, you know, a, a, a trophy animal, mm-hmm. um, man, I, I really try to dot my dot my dot my eyes, you know, on yep. on schedule and whatnot. Yep, and, exactly. Uh, now, do you actually bait every day, or do you go, you know, every two days or three days or something okay. like that? Okay, that, that, I'm glad you said that. That reminded me of where I was going. Yeah. I would rather bait a lot less, uh-huh. but bait, bait in bigger quantities. Mm-hmm. So typically, with the amount of bears that I'm feeding, I'll usually go in every three days okay. and bait. But yeah. I might bait with 400 pounds of bait, Yeah. you yeah. know. I mean, and and that's in not all of my baits are that productive. Just right. a couple of them. Yeah. That you know maybe I'm feeding ten different bears or something. Yeah. And yeah. uh, and, and not all of them are like that. I wish they were, but yeah. I've got a couple that are like that. And man, you can't feed them enough. Yeah. I mean, they will eat it if you put it out. They will eat it. I mean, it's almost scary, you know, <laughs> how much bait you put out, and you come back yeah. three days later, and there is not a drop of bait anywhere to be found yeah it's pretty amazing and so and th- so i would rather 
have less ex- human exposure at the bait, mm-hmm. let the bears just feel like this is their little sanctuary. Yep. And uh, and come in rather than coming in every day. Yeah. But it it's just I would just say whatever routine you got on, just stick with it. Yeah. You know? Yep. See, I've I've done both. I've baited every day. And I've baited, and I've stuck to it an exact schedule, you know. And yeah. then, and then, just mainly due to time constraints, I've started to do, um, you know, every three days. So I'll go in, um, you know, before before work every Wednesday, and then, uh, you know, sort of the same time in the morning on the following that Saturday or something. Usually on Saturday, yeah. and, um, yeah. and and putting out lots of bait. And I'm leaning towards that I, I like to do the every three days thing. It, it seems that the and I can go back and forth on this. I don't know, but it, it seems like the the bears are a lot more comfortable with the bait. But then it but then yeah. the, the trick when you actually go to hunt though is what I, I learned this lesson this last year is that you got to be. Um, a little you got to be really cautious because all of a sudden you're going from your 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 scent isn't on the bait a whole lot when you're baiting every three days or so and all of a sudden you're there the bears are going to notice whereas if you're baiting every day it seems like they get a little more comfortable with the fact that you're there so it's a trade-off but yeah yeah yep and i agree with scent control thing but uh, we're running out of time, and we're gonna have to save scent control for another day. I think. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Sure. But uh, sure. <laughs> oh man. Yeah. But yeah, that's my that's my spiel. But I can yeah go into more depth on that. But yeah. Anyway. Well, cool. Well, Clay, we got about basically nowhere on my list, so um, you're gonna have to come <laughs> on again. <laughs> Yeah, man, I'd be glad to. Man, I've got, you know, I've got a lot of, I've got, I've got a lot of other stuff that that we could talk about. You know, I'm, I can kind of give you, but well, let me just, just for people listening. Um, well, I, I do want to say something about Bear Hunting Magazine. Yeah, yeah. I'm, I was, I was going to talk about my spring hunts. I'm, I'm going to Montana here in about maybe two weeks mm-hmm. on a, on a rifle hunt, which I have. I've killed one bear with a rifle, I guess, mm-hmm. in British Columbia. Okay. Um, but uh, I'm going on a rifle hunt with Jim Sessions of Huskama Optics and Best of the West Television. Okay. And we're going up to uh, Northwest Montana, and uh, we're ki- it's it's going to be a do-it-yourself type deal. But we're we're basing our camp out of a friend of Jim's up there that's mm-hmm. an outfitter, and so the, out- the outfitter's I think going to kind of point us in the right direction then we're going to take mules and horses into the back country of montana and mm-hmm. and uh, and hunt and they're going to be filming an episode of best of the west mm-hmm. and i'll be filming an episode of bear horizon we'll see how that that all goes but mm-hmm. so that's my next time really looking forward to it man those best of the west guys and gym sessions they're the real deal man they're mm-hmm. they're western guys and horsemen and mulemen and but long range nuts i mean they're they are yeah, they're Jedi masters of the long range world, and <laughs> that's kind of out of my wheelhouse. I mean, we, you know, growing up here, I mean, I'm a, I'm a bow hunter by by default. Yeah. But man, I, I have a ton of respect for, for those guys, and looking forward to hunting with them. 
and um, and then in late June, I'm going back up to Bear Pro Safaris with Colby Morrison. Mm-hmm. Um, Colby Colby is in his mid thirties. I'm a little bit older than him, but um, I really like Colby. Yeah. Really works hard and and really works hard to get people get his camps back into the wilderness mm-hmm. and um, it's a boat based hunt where we camp and then we take boats back into the bait sites so he uses these big lake systems and river systems to access real wilderness country that you just couldn't get there by land you know right and uh so that is an amazing hunt yeah. man i mean um truly an amazing hunt and and uh so i'm looking forward to that yeah. and uh matt another topic that we can have which is really my passion right now even more than bait hunting and i love bait hunting i mean i do i just i love it i love yeah. it i love it and i have no apologies for loving it yeah. i also love the challenge of a spot and stalk hunt in the eastern deciduous forest in arkansas and oklahoma yeah. which in my opinion is probably one of the hardest bear hunts in the country i mean there's there's other places where it would be equally as hard mm-hmm. but i guarantee you that a spot and stalk bear hunt in Arkansas or Oklahoma is much, I mean, the odds of success are much less than, say, going out west or, yeah. um, I mean, it, it would, it might be, it might be like trying to just spot and stalk bear hunt in the, in the UP. Yeah. I yeah. mean, that's a tough hunt. Yeah. You know? I mean, you've um, been to both, they're pretty similar terrain, you know, for the most part, right? Pretty eastern deciduous woods, you know, a little bit of hills. Right. You know, yeah. Yeah. I right. can't spot and stalking a bear here would uh, that would be insane. <laughs> yeah. I mean, yeah. Wow. Yeah. <laughs> and and you know here we do have you know we we like to call them mountains. The guys out west might not, but yeah. You know we we've got some pretty rough rough country. Yeah. Um. Here and and uh. So my goal while I've devoted myself to baiting the last several years. I usually don't kill a bear over bait in Arkansas. Mm-hmm. Um, usually I help somebody else kill a bear. Mm-hmm. I've got a really good buddy that's my bear baiting partner, a mountain man named James Lawrence. Mm-hmm. He, James is 69 years old, and he and I are like cut from the same cloth, and uh-huh. he's just a awesome guy. We bait together, mm-hmm. share baits, and, you know, so we're James and, and Jane loves to, loves to bear hunt. Yeah. And so he usually kills a bear, and then, like last year, my daughter killed her first bear with a bow. Yeah. For a couple of years, I guided for the Arkansas Black Bear Association to raise money for our association for like four years. Mm-hmm. I basically gave away my best stand to <laughs> to whoever bought this hunt, you know, yeah. fund ABBA stuff. So I that typically don't kill thing. a bear over bait in Arkansas. That is a so normal the thing. Last, <laughs> I don't know if I'd ever last give several up years. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, it was, it was a personal death process for me to do that. It really was, it really was. Uh, wow, my head's uh, off. And, and, Sorry. Oh, don't get me started. We could, <laughs> we put some people on some big bears, and and and, and very few people capitalized on the big one. They always yeah. capitalized on the the next little bear that came in. But yeah. man, that's just the way it goes. Yep. Um, but I said all that, Matt, to say. I I have set 
my my goals to kill bears in the national forest uh-huh. without bait, without hounds, just spot and stalk. And so in the last four years, I guess I've killed three bears, um, just just hunting them like deer yeah. in the national forest. And That's I mean, awesome. just had man, I tell you what, adventure is wherever you make it and find it. Yep. Because I've had, I couldn't, I, if I had killed a brown bear with my recurve on Kodiak Island, Alaska, that was 10 foot, it would not have meant as much to me as the bear that I killed last year um, on public ground in Arkansas on my home turf in a place that I grew up hunting and love. Yeah. And, and, I mean, it's, so that, that to me is, is really cool, you know, for, for my gauge of of hunting, and I love it, I love it, I love it mm-hmm. when people say, "Man, you'll never do that again, Clay." Last year, <laughs> I killed two bears off the ground with my recurve. Yeah, two separate days, yeah. one in Arkansas and the next day in Oklahoma. <laughs> I absolutely was not expecting that. Right, and, and 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 everybody, people aren't trying to be mean or negative in any way. Yeah, but they'll be like, "Man, you'll never do that again." They're actually trying to compliment the hunt you know yeah exactly and i, and I go it's yeah i know i know but deep down i'm thinking man i'm gonna sure try to do it again yeah <laughs> <laughs> oh that's yeah. awesome yeah yeah and, uh, and for the listeners if for some reason you haven't caught bear horizons it's online i'll post the link to the uh the all three seasons i think are on carbon tv right yeah, yep. yeah. So I'll just mm-hmm. post the link to Carbon TV, and um, if for some reason you haven't caught Bear Horizons, um, definitely watch it. Um, it's they're all. So I've been watching it since season one, and it's it's just awesome. And the best part is it's free online. So yeah, yeah, can't beat that. So yep, yeah, yeah. So anyway, I was gonna ask you about that. Like, so you know, so your daughter, you know, shot shot the bear shot the bear on the bait and then basically it seemed like the baits went cold and that's what made you go on to public land to do the yep. spawn stock hunt okay yeah man that that day so we actually had a great bear baiting season in arkansas we killed four bears mm-hmm. just right off the bat uh James Lawrence killed a bear. My daughter River killed a bear. Mm-hmm. Uh, Brent Reeves, my good friend, killed a bear. And then another lady, um, Nancy Copes, killed a bear. Mm-hmm. And those were all on our, you know, just like three or four baits. Uh-huh. And uh, so there were still a few bears coming in, but just smaller bears that I just wasn't interested in. And, and so on October 1st, which was a week after our season opened, um, that was the opening day for the Oklahoma season. Okay. Oklahoma opens October 1st. And now I do put a lot of eggs in one basket in, in my Oklahoma hunt. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, I basically got one at this time. Well, I've got several places I bait over there, but at the time I had one bait. And I was, you got to buy the tag before the season opens. Okay. And it's a $506 out-of-state tag. So it's a hefty tag second highest tag bear tag in north america black bear and uh so i had bought the tag and i usually wait i well i always wait till the day before Mm because i gauge my baits and i've had oklahoma for four years this was the fourth year Mm -hmm. every other year that i'd spent 506 dollars which is a lot of money yeah um i 
I always had big bears coming into the bait that I felt like I could kill. You know, yeah. so it's not as hard to to bite. Twenty sixteen, I had nothing. Oh, I mean, I'm man. I'm serious. Almost, almost. There was one. I mean, hundred and thirty pound sow bear that was coming in my Oklahoma bait. Wow. It was just dead, yeah. and it was because of acorns. Yep. And the bears were just gone. Yep. And uh, but I bought the tag because I just I told my dad I said, man, if I just have to. At the time, I was thinking they would eventually come back, which I, I killed the bear once on October 16th in Oklahoma. Okay. And the bears had left, and then they ended up coming back mm-hmm. and killed the bear. So October 1st, I was supposed to be hunting in Oklahoma, and there was just no reason to even go over there. And so I stayed in Arkansas, and uh, I went back into a spot where I had killed them a big bear two years prior mm-hmm. and really was just going scouting and um but i carried my bow it was bear season carried my bow and um long story short just fell into a nest of bears i mean it, it was amazing most <laughs> most bear sign i've ever found on natural food and uh and then basically that white oak acorns were high up on the mountains and they made nowhere else. Mm-hmm. They only made high on the ridge tops. And around here in mountainous terrain, you'll find that, that the mast makes in certain areas. Sometimes it just makes low. Sometimes it makes in the mid, mid sections of the mountains. Sometimes mm-hmm. it makes right on top. You know, yeah. Sometimes it makes everywhere. Sometimes it doesn't make anywhere. I mean, mm-hmm. like, so there's always this variable. This yeah. year, it made, the acorns made real high. And so, man, when I got up to the top of that mountain, I started finding bear scat, bear trails. I no sooner got to the top of the mountain and I watched a bear climb a tree like a squirrel about 50 yards away. And, I mean, that's a big deal in my neck of the woods to see a bear in the woods while you're hunting and not overbait, not influenced in any way. I mean, when I saw that bear climb a tree October 1st, I mean, I just thought, holy cow, this is a win. I'm going to stand here with my recurve bow, and I'm, I saw a bear. I mean, I, I would have gone home happy. Yeah. And long story short, tried to stalk that bear, couldn't get him, um, decided that I was just going to stay in there all day, and uh, was going to hunt right there where I'd seen the bear, because there was a ton of bear trails and bear yeah. scat. And I'd seen a bear there. I was just going to sit basically on this grove of oaks. And the wind was kind of squirrely, so I knew where there was a water hole about a half mile away. And I said, hey, if the bears are high, there's no water up here except for that pond. And, you know, I bet they'll be at that pond. But usually that time of year there's not a drop of water mm-hmm. in that pond. I mean, it's not really even a pond. It's just a yeah. low spot, really. Yeah. And uh, But... I went to it, and uh, man, there were it, it was just littered with bear tracks, mm-hmm. littered with bear tracks. And there's like this scuzz on the top of the pond, like it wasn't pollen, but like you could just see this film on top of the pond. And then right where one of the trails entered, there was this clear spot where you could tell an animal had just been standing in the water, uh-huh. you know. And there's all these fresh tracks, and I was like, man, there's a bear. There are multiple bears using uh-huh. this water hole. 
and they're using it every day. And that's when I just said, I'm just staying here. And so yeah. I made a little ground blind, and, uh, you know, I, I didn't even have, I didn't have a flashlight with me. I mean, I, I'm a long way. I mean, I'm, uh, it took me two, it'd take you two and a half hours, two hours to walk to that pond. Mm-hmm. Um, and I, I didn't have a knife, didn't have anything. <laughs> and uh, But I carried my bow. I wasn't yeah. really planning to hunt. Anyway, I just stayed there at that pond, and I scratched up some mud and rubbed it on my face to kind of take the sheen away from my face because I knew I was going to be ground level with these bears. And Yeah. Man, I sat there for two hours, and here comes a bear. And <laughs> I mean, if you saw the video. Yeah. You know, it's... I shot the bear while he was standing in the middle of the pond. The arrow passes through him. And, uh, you know, it, it, it was not a big bear by any means, but... It was one. Of, it was a great trophy to me. Yeah. And, uh, so. That's yeah. awesome. That is awesome. That yeah, and, and definitely watch the video um, if if you haven't seen it. But yeah, that's I I saw it and I, it was just like, what is going on? I, at first, I was like, what? You know, because it seemed like okay, we're, you're baiting, and then all of a sudden you're up on the mountain. And it's like okay, this isn't gonna work, and then you you scored on that bear. I was like, whoa, <laughs> <laughs> man, that's I mean, just the way it happened. It 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 really. I mean, it blew my mind just in terms of yeah. I I'd, I'd never hunted bears in the in the national forest that early. Yeah, and um, um, I'd I'd usually waited until. November to hunt bears in the national forest, yeah. and uh, so it was kind of a surprise to me to, to find them concentrated like that right. that time of year. That's you know? awesome, though. It's super, super cool. So it's uh, <laughs> it's an incredible hunt for sure. I mean, I can't I can't imagine doing it here because it, it's pretty. You know, we'll just say the the train's basically the same right i can't imagine trying to sit on a water hole and and finding a bear and shooting it with, a, with not just shooting a bear with, let alone with a rifle but with a, a traditional bow you know what i mean that's that's yeah. awesome yeah that is awesome so oh, cool yeah yeah so okay <laughs> so wait a second you don't have a knife you're two two hours from the truck you said it's a little faster going back to the truck because you're walking okay. downhill yeah. but Okay. You know, yeah. <laughs> so uh, long ways. How did you get the bear out of there? <laughs> what did you do? Well, you know, it. I. I. I, I this. This to me, I, I. I love this scenario because everybody that knew the way that I hunt in the national forest always says the same thing. Clay, what are you going to do when you kill a bear back there? <laughs> and. Uh, and it's almost like that's what keeps people from doing that kind of hunting. Yeah. And in my mind, that is absolutely a ludicrous thought because, man, if I kill a bear back in the woods like that, uh-huh. getting him out is not going to be the the problem. Yeah. I mean, you know, I mean, yeah. it, it, it wasn't. I mean, it's all about your mind frame about stuff like this. I mean, I, right. I killed the bear at noon, recovered it immediately, basically. Yeah. And, um... And, uh, I mean, I just dove off the, I called a buddy, called my dad, tried to call a few people, mm-hmm. and just dove off the side of the mountain, went back down, met a buddy down at the base of the mountain. We walked back up. So, you know, we got back about four hours later. 
Mm-hmm. So basically the bear sat for four hours before we started skinning it, which, you know, it was in the shade and, yeah. you know, the, the meat was fine. Right. And uh, we quartered up the bear mm-hmm. and two of us easily carried it out, you know. Yeah. I mean, it was not a bit, you know, the bear honestly probably weighed 175 pounds. I mean, it was not yeah. like a huge bear. If it had been a 500-pound bear, that's a different story. Right. But we hauled a 500-pound bear out of there in 2013 uh-huh. and uh we just took five guys in there with frame backpacks and yep. had the time of our lives skinning yeah. it on the side of the mountain getting covered in bear grease and yeah, hauling it out great. in the dark i mean it was like a experience <laughs> had my son with me oh, awesome. um but yeah cool. so we yeah. got him out of there yep see i always i always had the mindset that because i do a lot of solo hunting um you know i I'm usually out by myself in the woods, and so I have the mentality yeah. that, and usually, and oftentimes, I don't even have cell phone service. So, uh, yeah, my mentality yeah. is, I is you know, if there's a bear, I can't move by myself because I, I do tricks like I've got the sled and stuff like that that I pull the bears yeah. out with. But, um, you know, I've always got the mentality that I can quarter it up and pack it out if I need to. You know, but, yeah. Yeah. So you know, a lot of people that have never skinned bears thinks it's the, thinks it's a big deal. A lot of people, mm-hmm. you know, have been like, "Well, how do you skin a bear?" And <laughs> man, the answer is you skin you skin any four legged haired animal yeah. the same as you would. I mean, exactly. you skin a bear the exact same way you skin a deer. Yep. Exactly. I mean, you 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 it's not cut it right science. down the middle, cut it up the legs, take the hide off, take the back strap. I mean, they got all the same parts, you know. Yep. Exactly. And. Uh, and, you know, on a big bear, if you need to debone the meat, mm-hmm. you know, that it's, it's, uh, the same muscle very possible. The same and everything, you know? So, yep. Yep. Uh, yep. For sure. So, cool, yep. man. So, <laughs> well, well, yeah, I could talk forever. <laughs> I, I've got a million more questions, but. We'll save this for another day. So sure, yeah, man. Well, I'm the one who was like, "Let's keep it under an hour," and then I'm all fired up to talk. But oh no, you're uh, good. Hey, uh, yeah, yeah. I know you gave the the code for yeah to get a five dollar off subscription to Bear Hunting Magazine. I mean, that's a cool thing to do. And yeah, we need to have another podcast where we can talk about Bear Hunting Magazine and kind of yeah what we're doing and and how we're what our macro goal is inside the the hunting community yeah um, definitely and the, and and specifically the bear hunting community but mm-hmm. really the wider hunting community so we can we can talk about that but anyway i think you're doing a i think you're doing a good job and with a with a bear hunting podcast and you know there's there's a there's a lot of interest in bear hunting and man another topic at another time would be talking about how black bears are thriving across the North American continent. Yes. I mean, you know, bi- biologists say, and I have, I have a little bit of a hard time with the statistic, but they say there are more black bears in North America today than there were when European settlers arrived. Right. And, uh, I mean, that's almost hard to fathom, but, mm-hmm. you know, I believe it's true. Yeah. And, uh, and so there's a lot of different dynamics playing into that, but ultimately that leads back to we need conservation-minded good guy hunters that are becoming bear hunters that are going to be able to 
in a sense, service these populations of bears. Yeah, you know? exactly, exactly. Um, Look at places and, uh, like New Jersey or Florida. Yep. You know, it's, I mean, that's a whole other topic, Florida. But um, you know, yeah. places that you know are not what you would think of as bear bear country, but really it is. And that was sort of my thing yeah. with starting this podcast is you can hunt bears from Florida to Alaska, you know? So They're I mean, the most widely distributed big game animal besides, well, naturally, naturally yeah. before the human influence of man. Yeah. The most widely distributed big game animal, second only to the mountain lion. Did okay. you know that, Matt? No, I did not know that. Really? Yeah, so mountain lions, a mountain lion would would natively be from the east coast to the west coast Mm -hmm. from way up in canada down into mexico and mountain lions covered like everywhere now today obviously mountain lion (laughs) populations are very scattered and primarily out west exactly but so second to that in terms of geographic distribution Mm -hmm. is the black bear i mean black bears go from east to west from north to south exactly uh they were they were everywhere I mean, you know, um, and so now that a lot of these habitats are, I mean, and and a lot of it has to do with public land, and that brings the hot hot button issue, the outdoor world right now is public land, but these big blocks of public land that are now like a hundred years into being managed, but, 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 but fairly untouched in a sense yeah yep uh they're becoming hubs for black bear populations to thrive and grow mm-hmm. i mean that's what happened here in arkansas and oklahoma we would not have the bear populations that we have if it wasn't for the probably close to three million acres of ozark and washtal national forests that act as like the, the you know the anchor for the bear population yep. you know yep and um and and it's that way in a lot of places, um, yeah. but anyway, so so bears are everywhere. Bears are recovering, mm-hmm. and uh, for whatever reason, bears have thrived in the midst of whatever has been happening ecologically in mm-hmm. North America in the last twenty five years. Yeah, it's pretty amazing. I mean, it really is. It's pretty amazing. Like you know, whitetails and man, here I go again. I'll keep it short. <laughs> whitetails. You know, they said we had like 8 to 10 million whitetails pre-European uh-huh. uh, arrival in North America, and now we have like 25 million. Yep. So like habitat fragmentation and, mm-hmm. and and agriculture and cities and edge habitat and all this stuff that yeah. like formed this concoction that made this place like a whitetail paradise. Yep. In some ways, that's what's happened to bears. It's, it's mm-hmm. different because yeah. bears really do need like big blocks of unfragmented wilderness. Yeah. They need... Some things that whitetails don't, they don't like agricultural areas typically. Mm-hmm. They like more natural wilderness-type settings. But yep. but whatever's happening is good for bears. Yeah. And um, so, um, you know, we I think that's why we see a, a, a kind of a surge of bear hunters, and it's kind of coming to the forefront more with Bear Hunting Magazine and Bear Hunting Podcast and guys like yep. Joe Condellis and Yellowstone Country Bear Hunters and Arkansas Black Bear Association and, and then all these other big established organizations like you guys have in yep. Michigan. Yep. I Michigan could talk bear a whole hunters. podcast about the Michigan Bear Hunters Association. Yep. Great guys up there. I know them well. We made a film for them. Yep. But, uh, you know. Plus um, link there, too. <laughs> and, and, you know, 
and this is this is what what I said when we first got Bear Hunting Magazine. Uh-huh. Is that I wanted to rebrand bear hunting in North America to not be the old fat guy's sport, but to be yes. to be you know to be something cool yep. inside of pop culture. If I could be that shallow, yeah, in, in in describing it, <laughs> but that, that, yeah. that's almost the way it was. It's like bear hunters are just the old guys that. Yes. You know, that's, but that's man, the, I mean, the what we're yes. seeing out west with kind of a spot and stock culture, guys like Joe Condellis, Matt, mm-hmm. you know, um, Jason Matzinger. I mean, there's a ton of them that are like real hardcore, you know, Sitka athlete guys, yeah. you know, that are, yep. that are le- liking bear hunting. But I, I'm a first lot guy myself, so mm-hmm. uh, first lot <laughs> guys are much better bear hunters than anybody. Yeah. I could ever wear Sitka. I'm, I'm kidding. I'm kidding. But um, um, you know, so so there's this new breed of of, of guys, and, and I think it's almost like uh, it's. Um, I had a guy tell me one time um, out in Montana. He said he said I don't understand why there's not like a cult following of spring bear hunters coming out west every year. Yeah. He said because it's a it's a stinking blast to hunt these bears. And it's a great hunt, and it's in the wild places, and you know bears are iconic of the American wilderness. He didn't say that, uh, <laughs> but, it's but true. Th- that was his jest. <laughs> yeah. And so it's like all of a sudden, you know, and that's why we're trying to do it. Bear Hunting Magazine is yeah. is expand the sport, not 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 for the sake of just killing more bears. Man, we're grounded in grounded deeply mm-hmm. inside of a conservation conservation mindset that we've got to have bears to be able to hunt bears and 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 then but that all goes back to habitat bears are an indicator species wherever there's a high population and healthy population of apex predators like black bears that indicates a whole line of of good stuff going on in the ecosystem you know so having bears is a is 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 a lot bigger thing than just hey we got bears to go hunt because yeah. we like to hunt you know and so exactly that's that's us but man I'm done I'm tapping out tap, tap. <laughs> uncle okay calling uncle <laughs> I'm cutting you off Clay ah <laughs> 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 oh, so much there and I'm not gonna touch on it we'll save it for another day <laughs> so yes right. um let's see. Yeah, as Clay said, if you haven't subscribed to Bear Hunting Magazine, or you just forgot, like me, sometimes, um, <laughs> yep, be, yep. enter the code BHP, and uh, you will get yourself a $5 off a subscription. So, check it. I mean, and it's it really is. I mean, I, I, have, I do have the magazine, and it, it is awesome. So, it's really, if for some reason you had it five years ago or something, or, or when did you get it? I don't know. It... it if you had it a while ago and you're like, eh, it's kind of lame, it, try it out again. It, it's really changed. It's cool. So, um, tons of great stuff. But uh, and I love what you're yeah. doing with it, Clay. And um, so, anyway. Appreciate it. Yeah. So, anyway. All right. Let's let's just cut this off. <laughs> so. All right, man. Hey, Matt. Really appreciate yeah. it, man. Appreciate what you're doing. Yeah. Uh, with the podcast and uh, keep. Keep on doing it, man, and we'll talk to you soon, okay? Yeah, sounds great, Clay. So really appreciate it. Thanks for being a partner, and uh, uh, we'll catch you next time. We'll be in touch. Thanks, Clay, and thanks, everybody, for tuning in.